Hey guys, welcome to the Bono Stuff podcast. I'm really excited for you to listen to this one. Uh, great episode with Rowan Minion. Two ends, not one. If you're a fan of the cartoon Minions, uh, he is a sleep and sports scientist and founder of the supplement company Blonix, a sports and nutrition brand based in Vancouver, BC, British Columbia. Uh, somewhere I have always wanted to visit. So hopefully we can get up there in the next year as things uh, open up, so to speak. So uh, really exciting chat. We, we cover three main concepts here uh, from sleep to nutrition to purpose. Uh, the purpose stuff is really great. Uh, that's the last third actually. And uh, if you know anyone who's a little lost right now, if you happen to be a little lost looking for better purpose, if you haven't explored your why, and your purpose, it really does help give you a guiding light, a North Star, and just puts everything in place when you go through that journey. Uh, Again, if you guys uh, can, please like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, Uh, leave a comment, leave a review. Uh, It really helps everything grow and us get to more folks. So without further ado, Rowan Minion on Bono Stuff. New York, unique New York. Oh, LinkedIn didn't work again. Stupid LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I want to remove it. Remove it. That's fine. Silly LinkedIn. Oh, I think we're live with the other guys. All right. Sorry, guys, if you were listening in on that. Uh, we are here with Rowan Minion. I'm sure you love the Minion movie, Rowan. Yes, you get all you get that. I all get the time. all the time, especially now I've got a son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Minion spelled with two N's, though. I think the movie is one N uh, in the middle there. So. Uh, we knew each other in the early days of the Wild West of CrossFit, so to speak. Uh, I was working with Reverie, which is a sleep system company. And uh, Rowan, you are a sleep researcher, sleep yep. uh, scientist. Tell us a little about, about that, your recollection of, of your first impressions of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that extraordinary handsome man over there selling mattresses? Yeah, no, it was uh, 2012 CrossFit Games, I believe. And it was the f- our venture. I, so I, I run Blonix Biosciences now, a sports supplement brand. And this was our first venture into the CrossFit market. And I just, just discovered CrossFit at that time. So wide-eyed walking around the, the you know the the kind of stadium and the what was a kind of a bit like a moroccan bazaar the way that the <laughs> vendor village was back then um, yeah. and we had our first vendor booth it was like us a uh, pure farmer at the time and then uh progenics yeah and we were the only three supplement brands that were that were there i think other than the main sponsors that were um uh, gnc not many people know that the gnc sponsored the crossfit games uh, was it that then. year it was that year yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. unreal. So and there, and there you were. I, I remember just walking around and getting to know people, and I thought, ah, sleep, and uh, yeah. got into that discussion with you, the, the sleep background, and here we are now. Yeah, a few years later, nine, CrossFit, nine years later, yeah. CrossFit has changed a bit. <laughs> um, a lot of change going on there. We don't need to dive too deep into that. We, I do want to touch on sleep. So are you, again, your primary – company and you were talking about what we'll, we'll touch on so three three main points and by the way rowan i don't know if you noticed the camera for for Streamyard here where we are is kind of backwards so if you mm-hmm. haven't noticed that already when you go to like touch your left it's a little confusing anyway uh, yeah. <laughs> um but anyway three points uh three percent my whole thing is get one percent better today so we're going for three things because we try to put out episodes twice a week or so uh so the three things we're going to touch on is purpose because you guys are going through a kind of uh, company branding reinvestigation of your purpose, which is awesome and I think is vital to talk about the concept and kind of where you are on that. Uh, Supplements, obviously, because that's what you guys do. Um, And then sleep, which is where, again, we we started. So let's start there. Um, So at this point, are you guys incorporating some of the sleep stuff, how the supplements affect the sleep? Are you, uh, you know, I got my whoop here. Are you guys doing any research with that? Are you, or you, is that just something like you said a little more in the past and it's just something uh, you're, you're kind of still excited about? Yeah, it's a little in the past for me. I spent, um, I basically spent two years doing a PhD in sleep medicine. That's what it was. What it was. So I was very specific about what I uh, looked into, and it was me- the medical side. It was sleep apnea at the time. But kind of to make ends meet on the finances, I actually ran some of the clinical 
um, uh, labs that they had there as well as I, I could do all the technical stuff there kind of thing. So I, I it's more of a passion project mm. for me right now. Um, I think once you know a lot of the basics of sleep and there's some really fundamental, great fundamental understanding of sleep that will help you in performance and help you live a better life and all that kind of stuff. And I just make use of it now. You know, I make yeah. use of my learning. Um, people talk about prioritization of, of sleep and especially, especially if you're an athlete. And it's a bit of a cliche now, but it's like, yeah, but how do you actually do that? And there are right. ways. So I just apply it now more for myself. And uh, when I'm talking with, you know, a lot of the athletes that we support and, um, you know, work, work with us, that kind of thing and that kind of stuff. But it's more of a pet project now. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, with, with my uh, clients that I work with uh, online around the world, especially with uh, this whole global pandemic. I, uh, I focus on the five pillars of health. So as with my background as a physical therapist, again, I was working with the sleep company back in the day. My first Instagram name, I think, was Sleep Doctor. Uh, there is a couple other sleep doctors out there now, but I, I've since also moved away from that. And I, I think to your point, a lot of the stuff is kind of there. Uh, you know, there are definitely things we're going to learn more and more, especially as it applies to different populations, different scenarios, but that sleep hygiene concept seems to be the same, like five or six concepts of, you know, have as little light as possible, have a little bit of a routine. Um, and I just heard you talking on the Conquer Athlete podcast with my old coach from CrossFit, Jason Leiden uh, up in Connecticut. Um, and, and you guys were touching on a few of those sleep concepts around, you know, should we go with the season? Should we wake up with an alarm? That kind of thing. Um, and I just actually moved, I might, I might be selfish here and ask you, your, your thoughts on this, because I just moved to a new home here in Colorado from Southern California. So we're changing time zones, we're changing sleep patterns. I'm very much, my physiology is definitely adapting to the altitude, to the dryness. I don't know if you could see that on the video. My like, it looks like I killed a man uh, with my knuckles. Um, I didn't actually for anyone legally listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, the we, we had really good blackout curtains in Southern California. So I, I, and I have a very flexible schedule so I can sleep in as long as I want usually and set my own schedule. So I guess my question to you is here, we have very, uh, it's almost as if there's no block. They, there is a thing. So, but should I get the blackout curtains and just wake up? And again, I can still wake up without an alarm or should I kind of go with the sun? I still, uh, the, again, sleep hygiene concept of I get outside, I get my Chuck Norris knuckles. Yes. Thank you for that comment. Um, in, in, on YouTube. Um, so yeah, so is there, uh, would it be, I still go outside, I get the sunshine in my eyes, I try to get the circadian rhythm, I know all, the, all those concepts, but should I let my body recover? Should I let the whoop tell me if I'm not sleeping well and play around with that? I guess, you know, I don't know if that question even made any sense, but it was a little all over. Yeah, um, my general rule with this, I think the biggest thing that makes a change in people's sleep is simply, and you touched on it earlier, is having that routine. And I, I think you should keep it down to the minute. You know, you should, uh, for me, it's getting to bed. I try and get back to bed by midnight. I spend an hour reading beforehand, uh, a bed at midnight. And I know that at 7 a.m., kids are the best, the best for this, by the way, because there's no <laughs> let up at the weekend. Yeah. But at 7 a.m., there'll be a knock at the door and then I'll get jumped on in the morning and there's no way I'm going back to sleep kind of thing. Yeah. And that that cycle of exactly seven hours is, is for me. I think everyone is a little bit different from that. But I've been doing that now for... Well, pretty much since my son was born. So yeah. uh, three, three, three and a half years now. And I, I sleep way better now than I have for a long time. And, you know, I think back to um, my student days or days when I could vary my sleep pattern and I had way more variable sleep. So it'd be like two or three nights of great sleep and two or right. three nights of not so great sleep. And it's because, you know, I would get into something and then suddenly I'm at sleep at 1am uh, or, or, you know, suddenly I'm really tired. So I pass out early and then sleep in the next day and that kind of stuff. So my, I, the biggest thing for me is getting that routine and stick to it uh, and, and making that, you know, big part of your life. And I think that's a fundamental. If you're not, you haven't got that, I don't think the blackout curtains really matter that much. Uh, well, uh, on the, I'd like uh, to think I got most of the other stuff dialed in. So again, for my own selfish purpose, um, you know, I'd, I'd be curious if the blackout curtain versus waking up naturally with the sunrise mm -hmm and getting adapted to that schedule, I guess. And I know there's no perfect answer. I was just, I was just kind of throwing it out there, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Like having a bedtime, having that schedule, those are some of the things I, uh, encourage most of my clients to, to build up on and yeah, get to bed by this time. If you want to build in that hour of sleep, uh, re reading before you go to sleep. Uh, and I, and I assume you're reading 
not overly stimulating stuff? Are you going more fiction and like Harry Potter or whatever type stuff? Or Yeah, I, I kind of vary it. Um, I commute down to, I, I live in Squamish, BC, which is about uh, an hour out of Vancouver. The, the city and our office is in Vancouver. So I kind of stick to my business, uh, you know, learnings on, on uh audiobooks kind of going back and forward mm -hmm. and so i feel good about slipping into like you know the right. trashy novels Gu in the evening kind of thing. pleasure yeah Exa exactly um but you know as everybody knows that even books can get the heart going once in a while kind right. of thing like that last night it was reading a great book um shantaram which is a fantastic book and it just got crazy so i'm there and i'm like okay i've got to go to bed now and i was a little bit wired afterwards so you know it, it is like it, you know it, it is like that but in general yeah i find yeah. Just generally not having the light coming into my eyes from uh, looking at a screen, I, I really try and discipline myself with no phones before before bed, which is, again, a cliche now, and we know we should do it, but focusing just on paper is a big difference, I think. Yeah, totally. I like that. Um, this will be a soft transition, maybe. Um, I, another thing I'm going to pick your, your brain on, especially, I don't know if you're familiar with LMNT, Rob Wolf's um, recent kind of venture into... Uh, salt uh supplement basically mm. sodium so it's i believe it's magnesium sodium and uh potassium i think so those three it's meant as a electrolyte replacement um but what i what i was gonna transition this on is sleep supplements and then we'll get into a little bit of blonix mm -hmm. um hopefully and um but yeah I, one thing that again being out here in, in colorado dry skin i'm like thinking I, I just need to hydrate my way out of this dry skin um, so, you know, I'm trying to work on that and, and play around with that. But the interesting thing that I heard him talk about, or, or, uh, it was another podcast was, um, uh, la, 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 la. oh, we have a bunch of questions from, from Richard in the comments. We'll come back to those, but, uh, yeah. So was taking that very salty concept, it's going to calm down your cortisol right before bed and it's going to, uh, lessen your chance or likelihood of um needing to pee at night basically so because of the the kind of water retention if you will um to, to oversimplify it i guess but yeah so i was wondering if you you were familiar with anything like that um i i've previously heard of as the first thing you do when you wake up because you might be sweating a bit overnight especially if your room's not you know the right temperature and things like that is to put a pinch of himalayan sea salt maybe some lemon juice get your digestive going as well as replenish some of those lost uh concepts of sodium which we need in our bodies so Long question, I guess, to say, uh, A, what do you think of that concept of that um, kind of salty intake right before bed? And then uh, are there other sleep supplements, maybe melatonin, anything like that you want to talk about of improving quality of sleep? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so on the salt uh, one, I think, yeah, hydration level. I mean, it's an obvious thing. Hydration level before you go to bed, it, it can impact you needing to go to the toilet through the night. And that's a normal thing. If you, I mean, try it down, you know, two liters of water and then go to sleep, you're going to be up in a, in an hour kind of thing. Just remember that everything slows down. And here's, here's a thought for you. When, when you go into real deep sleep, that slow wave sleep, your metabolism also, you know, like slows down and, and kidneys and all that kind of stuff. And so the better quality sleep you get, you shouldn't need to go to the, the toilet, you know, throughout the night kind of thing. And I think it's, a, for me, I would focus, yeah, the supplement is one thing, but I think that is a means to the end of, of kind of putting yourself in a better hydration status for sleep, being able to sleep all the way through the night. But I would also focus on, you know, tactics to get that real deep sleep. Uh, and this is something else for me. I just always assume that uh, this is from the age of mid twenties that, um, I would always need to go to the toilet once throughout the night kind of thing. But again, instead of having a kid again where my seat routine is dead on and there's a yeah. number of nights now, it'll be, uh, you know, like probably uh, three out of five nights I'll go through and just and won't need to go to the toilet. And I put that down to simply I go to deep to deep sleep a lot quicker. I go to sleep a lot quicker, deep sleep right. a lot quicker. And I feel very, you know, like what happened last night? They, they yeah. know when you wake up and you're like, what happened? <laughs> right. You know, it's completely restful sleep kind of thing. So I would focus first on, again, on that quality of sleep. Yeah. Um, now you talk about supplementation and diet or diet maybe around getting that quality of sleep. Um, and I talk, talk about this on the, my podcast with Jason, Jason there. Um, cortisol is a really interesting one. And that cortisol reduction, I don't think many people know this, that it's that reduction. It kind of gradually reduced. It goes down and down and down throughout the day and hits a rock bottom point at, the, at your bedtime. 
basically, when you go to sleep. So Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you've got things on your mind, people talk about right. uh, when you have that form of insomnia where there's things going on in your mind, effectively what you're doing is you're you're falsely increasing your level of cortisol, which will keep you awake as mm -hmm. uh, one of the one of just one of the hormonal changes that, that's there. And then in the morning, one of the things you wakes you up is your cortisol level starting to climb like that. And what we then do is add to that. By drinking coffee or caffeine yeah. that further gives you that cortisol um bump in the morning and that's why that, that's, and people have that routine the way i see it is if you're doing that every morning you're suddenly coming from a higher level so throughout the day you've got to get rid of more of it throughout your day um so you know i i mean i recommend anybody who has has had a lifelong addiction to caffeine which is pretty much the entire crossfit community <laughs> for a start um and a lot of the athletic community um and you know it's like try it try and go cold turkey from from caffeine and give your body a chance to have that normal cycle of mm -hmm. cortisol and see what that does for you but, for don't, but don't keep training the same way that that those two <laughs> adapt right. your training uh because i've i've kind of played with some of those. And uh, when I was in Dubai, actually running a gym there, uh, at, toward the end of my time there, I did a month without any, oh, I, I limited my caffeine for sure. Um, I, uh, I still had a little green tea, which I'm drinking a little bit now. Uh, and if anyone's watching, you probably see me drinking stuff left and right every time. Uh, and Rowan is also hydrating like crazy. <laughs> um, but decaf uh, coffee, decaf, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did it. I did like 30 days without any coffee. The other part of coffee that I also like play around with of wanting to cut it out is, is the, you know, they talk about some of the quality uh, with pesticides and things like that, that again, probably aren't the best for, especially if you're getting Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, uh, that kind of thing, or uh, Hortons in Canada. Um, yeah. Tim, Tim Hortons, yes. Um, so, um, but yeah, with one month of that, what I noticed was, it was a little bit of, of energy demands that I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling as energetic and you have to come back to real food and make sure you're, you're fueling yourself the right way with real food, mm -hmm. I believe. And, uh, but I did notice my peripheral vision was getting better. Like a little brain fog was lifting things like that. So, uh, but it, it, one major thing that I do with my coaching and, uh, is, is this N equals one experimentation. And so it's not just, I'm going to try to cut out coffee for 30 days and see what happens. It's what are we looking at? It's, you know, the, these kind of different levels of how long are we doing it? Are we also including some green tea? How often are we doing that? What effect does that have? Um, all these different aspects that, again, when we talked a little bit before we started about research, and that really is the ultimate research, no matter uh, if there's 100 studies with a million people showing that coffee has life-extending benefits and, you know, it doesn't, it, 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 there's so many factors going on there. A lot of that is correlation um, and, and it's observational. So it's really coming down to what works for Rowan, what works for Bo, what works for Richard. I know he's uh, commenting mm -hmm. there. So yeah, that's kind of my, my take on some of that stuff. We're, we're on the same page, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that takes us to, to other supplementation. And again, I know you guys have, uh, the HMB creatine uh, combo and then HMB alone, right? Mm -hmm. And then the recent product and you guys launched it last year, I think, right at the time of the lockdown. Yeah, we did. We, we launched it just before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that <laughs> was, was the egg white protein. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually the first egg white protein isolate on the market. There is no other isolate. Um, and it's through a new filtering process that we found um, that basically increases the protein content of, it just concentrates the, uh, the protein content of egg whites. But it, interestingly, it takes out the sulfur and a few, a few of the carbohydrates from the egg whites. And uh, I remember I discovered it um, uh, in, in, over in uh, Vegas yes. at this huge conference uh, there. Um, and it was over in the corner and there was a scientist there who came up to me and gave me this little thimble of, uh, <laughs> uh, of stuff. And he's like, try that. And it had absolutely no flavor to it. Uh, what is this? And he's like, yeah, this is like a, a good 90% you know, um, protein. And we've, we've concentrated egg whites down. And I said, okay, what else have you done here? It's like, well, we've done is filter it. That's it. And straight away, uh, you know, my, my scientist and supplement uh, brand owner kind of 
brain started going. It's like, <laughs> this is a real food protein. You know, right. this is, I think this is the biggest issue in the, in the protein market. Um, and you know, the protein market has real potential and whey protein has got some good research, but it's a very high quality protein, but it doesn't really exist on its own in nature. And right. my experience with whey protein is, um, I have some stomach issues with it. I have to time it right. Um, for me, I don't really feel full. I feel a bit strange after eating. And the other thing is all the additives that need to go. Right. It's got a very bitter taste because it's extracted protein. And it's exactly the same with the plant-based um, you know, stuff that's coming out, Vega, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's very bitter. And what they've done is int massively intensive on the chemical extraction to get that protein out of the plants. Well, if I, uh, if I can jump in real quick, sorry yeah. to cut you off on, on that. Like this is something that I observationally I want to throw in there. And again, I, I know some of the folks like James Fitzgerald at OPEX that I worked with as well, with, along with Jason Leiden, they have their connections. But uh, when it comes to something like pea protein, and again, I know for some folks it's their only option, but uh, how many peas does it take to create you know, the 20 grams of protein. Um, yeah. and, and, and I, again, especially when you're ultra filtering and like doing all this processing, um, it just, I just can't imagine it's like, uh, you know, human size, you're eating human size worth of peas, you know, and, yeah. it, and it just, <laughs> doesn't, a good point. <laughs> it just does, it's, you know, the, sometimes, uh, and again, there was a big, uh, you know, not to go too down. And again, I know we get into this food uh, specifically vegans, vegetarians versus meat eaters. That's a whole nother, uh, aspect, but the the Joe Rogan uh, had the 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 filmmaker from um, what was it Game Changers versus Chris Kresser kind of defending meat, and they went back and forth on a lot of the, what the research says, and you can keep cherry picking stuff, and it becomes this yelling match, um, and it's who's the louder guy, which again in that case it was the guy who's the MMA fighter, not Chris Kresser, who's very soft spoken for anyone mm -hmm. who knows him, um, but I was bringing that up to say that yeah, again the pea, pea protein has. What some people have, again, I don't know how the research has panned this out or your take on it, but that it creates some leaky gut issues that it, because it's just so much processing and so many peas that it's, it's, it becomes this difficult thing for our bodies to be like, what is this? Um, totally. so yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, exactly. And I, I think, uh, you know, my, my assumption when I first saw Vega products was it's like, oh, yeah, they just got that stuff and blended it up in there. And that's it. And that's what I'm even doing fantastic. But, you know, you look a bit closer and it's like it's a massive, you know, chemical extraction, industrial level kind of thing to extract this stuff. Um, so, you know, and that's one of the reasons why as a brand, I've always stayed away from uh, from the, from protein products in general. Uh, you know, it's like other companies do a great job of it already. There's loads of them on the market. Um, uh, and also from an athlete perspective, I think I've always thought this. You, I think you should really stick to eating whole foods. I and mean, it's something that at my early days as a soccer player, a collegiate soccer player, it's, that was drummed into us. It's like, yes, there are these supplement things that you can take over there, but you're on your own there. Right. What we say is this, come to the canteen every day and we eat the food that we give you in the food plans because it's whole food, it's real food, and that's gonna that's the biggest thing that's gonna impact you. So as soon as I saw this egg protein, I literally, I took it back and I put it in the microwave to see if it really was egg whites and that kind of stuff, <laughs> and the whole thing turned into this solid block and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's about, for me, it's about that. That's why we came out with that product. Like I can't not bring this to, to, you know, to the athletes that we serve. We effectively serve the athletes that we yeah. sell to. How can I not bring them a, a, a much kind of cleaner whole food uh, um, alternative to the protein supplements they have? So, and yeah. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was mentioning, we just moved here to Colorado and uh, my first trip to Costco, I bought five dozen eggs and the best quality they had cage free and organic and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I've just been having hard boiled eggs ready six at a time. And, and uh, you know, yeah, it's just that real food is always priority number one. And then it uh, comes back to, yeah, sometimes you're going to need a little more protein because we can only take in so much food. And what are your demands? I guess that's another cool question uh, with your background. Uh, something I talk about, E.C. Sinkowski with the 800-gram challenge, if you're familiar with her, Optimized Nutrition. She talks about uh, this kind of debate on how much proteins do humans actually need uh, per day. And again, the, the simple one is, is 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So let's make the math easy. Say I'm a 200 pound guy. I'm a little lighter than that. But uh, if I'm 200 pounds, 0.7 grams of protein for basic maintenance, 
of my kind of rebuilding and everything, right? That's 140 grams of protein a day, which is not nothing. It's, uh, you know, one egg has six grams of protein. So if I was just eating eggs, it'd be a lot of eggs. <laughs> um, and I don't know, actually, sorry for all the tangents. If you haven't noticed already, it's what I do. But there was a, a I believe it was JAMA or uh, one of the top medical journals in, uh, or New England Journal of Medicine, maybe. They had mm -hmm. a, a case study with a guy who ate 30 eggs a day to see if it changes cholesterol levels or anything like that. Of course, it's a, you know, a single case. Uh, but yeah, he had actually better health metrics as, as he followed that experiment, so to speak. So mm -hmm. but it was, it was in a peer reviewed and all this good stuff. So again, when we talk about research, um, it, it's an interesting thing. So, uh, but yeah, wh where are you coming back to the simple question of, uh, 0.7 grams per pound of body weight, uh, for athletes, we, you know, some talk about one gram, depending on the goals, obviously CrossFit is going to be different than bodybuilder, that kind of thing. But, uh, just, yeah, if you can give us a quick, uh, rundown on that. Yeah. So it, it, I've actually been looking into this recently. Um, and it's more about the aging athlete. Um, mm. and this is something that's really interesting, especially as I'm now an aging, athlete. <laughs> um, but really, you know, really understanding the protein intake. Cause as you get older, your body, uh, it manages protein differently. You don't, it, the scientists are kind of in two camps one is that you don't absorb as much protein um the, of the protein that you eat so therefore you need to eat more if you're an older athlete and this is over the age of after the age of 40 really um but the other is that your body just has it just doesn't react to having that much protein you know it does the moti the muscle protein synthesis doesn't mm -hmm. increase as much as when you're a younger athlete and all that kind of that kind of stuff so started looking into it and my numbers are a bit different yours I'm, this is we're on the metric system up here obviously <laughs> uh, i think the the rda up here is is really small it's 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram per kilo of of body weight here which is i think it's it's low if you're a normal sedentary adult well yeah, let me sorry let me i'll say also yeah the the i forget which uh, again national organization it is yeah they basically recommend something super low like 40 grams uh yeah again, in that sense and and that was actually doubled and again i i, I was actually just listening to ec sinkowski because she does go deep into this stuff and she's a big advocate of it but it used to be like 20 grams was the rda recommended daily allowance or or again like a government saying hey you guys should get 20 grams um and then they actually doubled it to like 40 grams which is a big deal again for me the the theoretical here we're talking about from academia that uh, i think is closer to 140 and again i've kind of tested this mm -hmm. stuff um, so for that, for the, and it, this is the same thing with like vitamin D's, uh, you know, the, the, the baseline or the normal ranges are very different than what we're talking about with optimization, right? So, so when it comes to slowing down the aging process for somebody who's becoming a master's athlete, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's a question of, uh, you know, again, that experimentation. And, and again, I've done this many times, uh, and I'll give a quick story for myself was when I was working with James Fitzgerald, something he had me do after this, the CrossFit season, uh, as I finished competing was doing a month of no, no supplements at all. So only get real food. And I just found I was reliant on 30 or 40 grams from supplements of protein. So I went from at the time and I was going for one gram per pound of body weight. So I was at 180 pounds at the time. Um, I went down to 140 in that month and I was trying to train somewhat the same. And I just found, and I was like on no coffee either, or I had to double up my coffee. I had, just, it was just not great. Uh, and I just didn't adapt as well with the real food, I guess. So it, hmm. there's that reliance on the supplements. And I mean, they're there, but just like wearing a weight belt, if you're always wearing a weight belt, every time you deadlift, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have trouble when you, you might have to take that weight belt off and, and, you know, you might not be creating enough and you're so reliant on it. Um, just like a lot of the medications and, and supplements that we talk about, we try to get a lot of our patients and clients off of. Um, it's it's a matter of, yeah, like healing from within, if you will. Um, but yeah, sorry, I feel like we went on some tangents here. So <laughs> Yeah, no I, no, I think, um, you know, then it is good to have a number and, and stick to it and see and see how it impacts your training. I do believe that there's a, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I think some people go for loads and absolutely tons of protein, you know, and they have a shake after every time they train or four times a day and all that kind of stuff. And I think you don't need to go excess on it. Uh, personally, I, I supplement with protein, um, I don't know, maybe once or twice a week and it's, it's the convenience for me. You know, right. it's like if, if I'm not going to be able to eat for the next hour or so, then I'll just uh, can I get that in my body. But for me, carbohydrates are just as important. Uh, it's, and I feel that that, enables my recovery um you know in terms of wanting to train if i want to train 
in an evening and it's like Nick, tomorrow morning i'm going to go out and i'm going to train or i'm going to i'm going to snowboard all day tomorrow or whatever it's like yeah i need that i need my glycogen stores up ahead of time kind of thing and i think that for me that improves my my how i feel i feel sluggish the next day more than the protein but for me yeah i think you know some people go crazy on it i've seen people go you know you're eating four chicken breasts and eight eggs and then right. you're also having two <laughs> protein shakes and i'm like right dial it down but get more of a balance in there you know kind mm -hmm. of thing, i think but in general yeah I, and, and especially as you are older and again if there's anything there's a takeaway of this that hopefully people can take into um you know their athletic careers as they get older um at about 10 percent from all the research i read you need about 10 percent more of whatever you're aiming for after the age of 40 and even go up up a little bit from there but that's something that's interesting in me you know it's maybe that's yeah. the one percent for me going going <laughs> forward yeah 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 along those lines again when i talk when i so we're, we have a couple of different pathways we're talking about here of again slowing down the aging process for someone who's already relatively healthy and just trying to optimize maybe um by the way when you put your coffee mug down it sounds like there's like an avalanche going on sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's all right um so I will, yeah i will cuddle it instead there you go how's that that's all right you can <laughs> it's just every time you put it down it's like it's like the uh, inception sound a little bit to me anyway, but um, then, yeah, so we're talking about aging, slowing down the aging process, optimizing there a little bit. Um, and to that concept, and Richard uh, coined it right now in the comments, nutrition dependent training, which is a cool, I think, concept. Uh, and again, personalizing it for folks. Um, it also brings me to something I try to get to with a lot of my clients of uh, nutrition density or nutrient density, micronutrient density um, of, again, and make every calorie worthwhile. So again, you know, some people just focus on these hundred calorie packs of like whatever. Oh, I'm only doing a hundred calories, so you know it's it's not that bad. But if you can get a hundred calories from organ meats, you're getting or oysters. You're you know those are some of the most nutrient dense foods. So when it comes to again uh, supplements, which we did mean to come over to and talk mm -hmm. about, um, to me those are some of the things I work on of caloric density. So uh, if you can get more, and even to the so concept of protein sources, so egg whites are very, I would say, pure like protein, they're albumin, right? That's mm -hmm. like, they're very much just protein, protein, protein yeah. versus, and again, I love, I get, I, like I said, I eat the whole egg um, to get, cause the yolk is where a lot of the, like that to me is a, is a multivitamin cause there's so many things in the yolk, um, especially if it's of a high quality chicken. Um, and then the other concept there is, is on weight loss. So I'm gonna jump over to that. So again, when I'm working with somebody who's a bit overweight or over fat, if you will, um, mm -hmm. I, I try to get them just to focus and shift first on the protein because it's a simpler thing than counting calories. Uh, again, if you're starting to get uh, those nutrient sources better, uh, they're going to be less hungry from, you know, and again, I think research bears this out time and time again, that uh, increased protein improves your satiety levels or how hungry you can be and how many cravings you have. Um, and you can go into the the uh, amino acids, right? Some people say glutamine specifically is something that can help decrease cravings and improve the gut health and things like that. So you can go down all these paths. We're going to try to keep it, I think, to the big picture a little bit as we <laughs> before mm -hmm. we we geek out too much. So moving over to your to Blonics, I actually I don't I've heard you on a few podcasts, um, Barband and and Conquer Athlete and a few other ones. And so I don't know if I've ever heard you actually explain where the name Blonics comes from. <laughs> um this has to do with sex and city uh so this is uh back to probably about 2011 10 11 um and i knew i wanted to start a i, I kind of had an agency a marketing agency before that and that i ran and i thought i want to i want a product-based business and i want it to be in the athletic space it's something that's been a big passion of mine um, an exercise physiologist by pure background other than the, the, the kind of sleep science and uh, so I thought, well, I want, you know, the Nikes out there, the, the uh, Reeboks and all that kind of stuff, um, really inspiring companies to me back then. And so I wanted a name that was equally as inspiring. And even though Nike, uh, Adidas, Reebok, they all have uh, meanings behind their names. Not many people know what those meanings are. It's just a cool name, you know, that <laughs> rolls off the tongue, usually one to two syllables, that kind of thing. And so I was looking for that. Um, and also, obviously, domain names and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. Well, Adidas is all day I dream about S. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> 
<laughs> allegedly. Yes. Allegedly, yeah. yes. Um, and so and so I was there uh, going, you know, uh, trying to think, okay, I need this name. I need something that sticks in my head, that kind of thing. And I was halfway through, you know, the, the full box set of uh, of Sex in the City that I, uh, that I had. And Carrie Bradshaw pulled out a pair of uh, Manolo Blahnik shoes. Mm. Uh, I think he's an Italian um, or Dutch designer. designer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and straight away, it just stuck in my head, that name Blonix. And then <laughs> you know, the, the more kind of phonetic uh, um, way of spelling it uh, came out. And straight away, I was on uh, buying the domain names and registering the <laughs> trademark and all that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, when people ask me, they're like, that is completely left field. I didn't see that, <laughs> that coming. But yeah. that's exactly where it gets like, thanks to Carrie Bradshaw. Wow. Very cool. I'm glad to know that uh, the etymology i guess of that that name <laughs> very cool so yeah tell us uh, a little bit you do your infomercial or or what have you on what well, here it goes here it goes you put it somewhere else putting it okay coffee mug go. that was good that was silent um <laughs> um so yeah tell us a little about uh again so you guys have the hmb the yeah. uh egg white protein which again is a very cool concept um anything else the that you guys want to promote or or yeah, we got HMB creatine as uh, the other one, and then we have a beta alanine. But yes. um, and I know we're going to talk about purpose in a, in yes. a bit. Um, but this comes down to our purpose, like with the concept behind the brand. Um, being an athlete, you know, obviously I'm uh, an athlete and at uh, school, and and I also started doing research on supplements back then, um, and discovered that in the supplement market, like I. I literally there's a paper in the uh, journal of applied physiology that i i put together and it was on um the, the products at the time that had been shown to improve strength and muscle mass with training and it literally came down to two or two or three um and so i went down to the local gnc this is in um, des moines iowa um to try and find these products i got there and there were 50 types of creatine at one wall uh, all sorts of stuff on the other wall that i had no idea what they were I had just spent the last year researching this stuff, hmm. you know, so, so I kind of left with scratching my head. It's like, how can the industry sell stuff that has no research behind it and make all these claims about it? Um, and that, that was a day where I kind of lost a bit of faith in the supplement industry kind of thing. So fast forward a uh, number of years and we're talking about our purpose, the purpose for me behind starting Blonix. Um, and we've just put out a video on this, like, what is it we really do? Uh, other than designer shoes. Other than designer shoes, which is a <laughs> bit of a side hustle for us now. Um, uh, but I, I don't know, we, it's really about going, if you're an athlete and you invest in supplement products, you put trust into those companies mm -hmm. that they tested the, the products that they they following the science that they right. know that they work and they're clean and also they won't you know get you uh, testing positive for a, a, right. a drug testing you, you're doing and it was about honoring that trust it's like if i'm an athlete what do i want and so that's what we start the fundamentals of the company and it, the first thing is everything needs to be as simple as possible people need to understand what's in the product so they can go and do their research on it you know, I'd much rather if someone came to me and said, hey, I've been looking for your product because I know all the research on creatine, HMB, beta alanine, for example. Right. So that's the first thing. Keep it simple. There's not a big ingredient list. So people are like, I don't know what half this stuff is, but someone told me <laughs> to take it. I don't know. Don't do that. Um, the second one is uh, grounded in science. We don't say science based. We say grounded. We start from the science. So it's like I, I keep uh, folders. Everyone laughs at me at work. I got these <laughs> folders of, of all the research studies. I have to print them all out and yeah. read them old school kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I've got one on beta alanine, you know, all that kind of stuff and all the other stuff that I, I see out there. And until they get like that big, it's like, OK, now we can look at this serious mm -hmm. now on right. this. And then we build the products from there, which is why we've only got four. We've only yeah. got four supplements that we sell. Um, and that's and then, and then also marketing with integrity. Everything that we say, we cannot, if a, a claim goes out in our marketing, that I'm like, there is no research study for that, it comes off, out, no, we can't, we don't do that. If we're gonna say something, it has to have been shown in a, a research study so that if anyone ever questions us, we go, there is the study that shows that information. Mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's about honoring the, the athletes that we serve kind of thing and doing it that way. So it's a little bit different. We aren't, what I feel about the supplement market is, and it's the way the industry is, you, um, what you'll do is you find a contract manufacturer and they will say, yeah, we, we've got this, we've got all of these pre-workouts, we've got all of these proteins, we've got all these, just pick the one you want, you might adjust it a bit. All we need mm -hmm. from you is labels and, and a brand. 
you know, like, like a, the, yeah. The, the industry term is white labeling, yeah. Yeah, exactly. White, yeah, white label. labeling, and and I mean it, nowadays people don't like to do the exact white label. What they do is they go, well, if I adjust it this way, I feel better about it because it's not white mm -hmm. labeling and it's different. Right. But it's, it's still a it's still proprietary blend. That kind of thing, and it's yeah. um, and that's the way the industry is. And so you see these every brand looks the same. You know, you see their lineup, and it's like, oh, you've got oh, you've all got a collagen protein, you've all got a, a plant based protein, you've all right. got a whey protein now, a pre workout, a hydrator, you, and it's like that. And I'm like, ah, this is a lot of that stuff you don't need, you know. And it's and it's all the same. They all look the same. And I'm like, no, let's just focus on actually improving people's performance first. Yeah. And nail, nail that down and, and make sure we just have those core products and then, you know, kind of grow from there, build a customer base around that. And tends to right. be more serious athletes that we work with now. Yeah, yeah. Jack of all trade, master of none kind of thing where, you know, you guys are focusing and doing those few things really, really well and yeah. making sure that, yeah, you can stand by each one. And, and again, as a consumer of supplements for many years and having seen a lot of that we'll call it BS in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, a lot of the labeling of, yeah, like, Oh, again, creatine should just be creatine. There shouldn't be anything else. I mean, HMB might, might improve it. Cause you're talking about the same thing with like turmeric. It's been shown that black pepper helps improve absorption of turmeric. Right. So, okay, cool. There might be some benefits there. Same thing. HMB creatine, we can put them together. Now we're talking about something else where again, some of the research might be behind that, uh, it behind on the concept of they, they haven't done that connection. So, some mm -hmm. research might show, oh, well, HMB doesn't do as much as we think, but have you tried combining it with that? And like, it still comes back to, are we, the majority of research is done in college age students because that's just where it's most accessible. Uh, you know, university professors tend to be, uh, that they're the ones doing a lot of the research. Mm -hmm. You have these guys who are willing to, you know, take whatever supplement you want to give them for 20 bucks and, uh, you know, get, get, get a few extra beers and pizzas and, and, uh, you know, that that's its own thing. So yeah, it's super interesting. And again, as what I was saying is as a consumer, there are very few brands I trust. And I only really start trusting brands when I think I get to know some of the owners, um, you know, some of the brands uh, that I use at, for supplements. Again, I would say, uh, again, I've, I've known and so like Nova three labs, I don't know if you know them, I don't think mm -hmm. they're a direct competitor necessarily to you, because they do a lot of different stuff. Um, but you know, no, I, I had worked with uh, Mike, uh, Kestely, I don't want to mess up his name, but, mm -hmm. uh, I worked with him on some nutritional stuff and, and some adrenal, uh, we talked about cortisol and all that. Like he, he understands all that stuff and the formulations that he put together again, you never know with human nature. Like, you know, you know, if you have, if you haven't had dinner and sat across or had a beer with someone, but, uh, you know, having spoken with him on a number of occasions, I, I believe that he's passionate, just like I can hear it coming in, uh, across with, with everything you're saying of saying, like, I really just want to create a product that is going to help, you know, Bo, cause Bo's struggling with energy or whatever and, and caffeine withdrawal or, or, or whatever cortisol, uh, you know, dysregulation. So here's some herbal stuff here's, and again, he has proprietary blend. So when I say that it's not always a bad thing. Um, you know, when they're talking about dealing with stress and giving you some different stuff to deal with stress or, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super interesting concept. I don't want to, you know, drift too far. I do want to get to purpose. So you kind of touched on that purpose and you guys are talking about uh, a, a re, I don't know if it's a rebranding or just a reinvestigation um, of, of your, you know, looking in, internally and kind of, if you want to call it a midlife crisis or, or, or that of, of your brand. Yeah, totally. It's it's actually a, um, a post COVID crisis. There you uh, go. I think, and this this actually started uh, well in January of uh, 2020, um, and we actually started the year off really well. Uh, we have been doing a lot of work in terms of uh, organizing our company internally, building our staff out, um, and you know, kind of getting ready to scale to that kind of next level. Um, doing really well, launched the egg protein um, and getting some traction there as well. And then COVID hit. And at the same time, it wiped out our wholesale business. We, you know, we were selling to it's probably around 60% uh, of our sales coming from the CrossFit market and all the CrossFit gyms that, who, that shut down overnight, you know, right. globally. So we suddenly had this, well, for a start, we had a lot more time on our hands because we couldn't sell to anyone and that kind of thing. And it was a bit of a reassessment. It's like, okay, what do we do here? Well, we need to start focusing online and, and build our brand that way. Um, we were quite a sales-led organization before that, but then it started to come down to, okay, but what is our identity here? We've got this time, you know, and these discussions that we had. And um, it, I think COVID really, and that kind of shocked to the system for our company, really kind of made us think, 
what are we doing this for? You know, if we don't have the per if we don't have a purpose, and the way I saw it as a business owner is if we don't have a clear purpose that I can, you know, lead my my staff towards, then at times of stress like this and and where hard work is needed, we're going to fall flat on you know, on our faces. Yeah. Um, so it's about distilling it down to that, and and you know, in many discussions with everybody, and and all of us are uh, are athletes still, most of us, and majority, and everyone has been an athlete in their in their past at a high level, and um, you know, we kind of go, what is it we love about what we do, and ultimately, it's about helping uh, uh, helping other people. So what we say is help as many people as possible achieve their athletic ambition. That is our purpose. Mm -hmm. As many people as we can uh, with the vision of 5,000 people. We actually have a, a, a little um, equation for this, a little tracker oh. <laughs> for it, yeah, to let us know how many people that we've actually helped in a single month. And we want to see that increase and get to 5,000 people in a single month. Yeah. And, it's, and, that, and as soon as we started talking about having that purpose, there was a real spark that just – like kicked off amongst my our staff you know and and everyone and we started to talk to our ambassadors about that and it's like yeah you guys do the same especially the coaches mm -hmm. that we had in our ambassador team it's like you guys um are out there coaching athletes why do you do it you want to see them achieve their athletic ambition in life you know and it can be anything it can be uh you know run an ironman go to the crossfit games or or it could be just do their first ever 5k or right. you know do do fran and do it at, at you know prescribed sort of thing um and and it's that it's like seeing what that means to other people and helping them on that journey and that's what drives us as a company now as opposed to what it used to be before which was sales metrics and yeah and you know and ringing a bell kind of every time we got a sale <laughs> kind of thing like that and so it's a culture has changed around that purpose but and definitely for me you know at a time where it was a bit dark kind of thing it's really given us that that light going forward and it, it started now recently we, so we've got this campaign that we just kicked off and it there's um some go and check out the videos that, uh, that we've just put out on our social social streams there and it's about um you know why do why do people do it why do you do it why do you get out there and train why do you get up early in the morning and and do it and spend so many hours of your day dedicated to this thing this you know physical activity and it's about it's not only about the places it will take you. It's about the friendships that you'll make and and you know that success that you're in, that feeling of success, that kind of thing. Right. And I think it's so important uh, to anyone who is an athlete to have that. Yet I'm actually surprised at how many athletes don't have it. You know, and they they like they're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying, kind of getting a bit sick of my CrossFit now. I, yeah. I'm a bit sick of this now. And you're like you're losing touch with your purpose. Like, what are you aiming for? Get back into that purpose, and mm -hmm. you'll you'll get there. Um, and I mentioned this to you the other day, by the way, it's, uh, there's, um, I think it's a, a little excerpt from uh, a, a HBO series that came out yep. last year. And it was Sean White, the Olympic snowboarder, and um, Phelps as well. And they were talking about depression that hit the day after the Olympics finished. Right. The day after, because suddenly they didn't have the purpose that they had mm -hmm. for the last, you know, uh, two three years kind of thing leading up to it and yeah. what that felt like that massive imagine it's like you do nothing else but move in that yeah. direction towards the olympics you have to give up so much of your life you don't have pastimes your pastime right. is swimming if you're phelps you know kind of thing it's like um that's what you do and you it, i mean matt fraser who just retired right now i'm wondering what he's going through right now he for whole, all of his life he got went through right. and did that it, seem, it seems it? it seems as if he's at least uh, – he has a bunch of other things lined up, and it was a very conscious decision. He's retiring on his own terms, as the phrase goes, and I, I think he's focusing on parenthood. And, again, he's now got that Frey, Frey, five, Frey Fiveser uh, with the five in there as the S. I never right. know how to pronounce that. But, yeah, I think he's – and he's, got, he's doing the programming now, so I think he uh, – so He's know, had to realign his purpose, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. And has yeah. to have that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the but other, it's such a key thing. I think. Yeah, the other interesting one there is Tiger Woods. Uh, if you've seen that recent HBO documentary, Tiger, and he's in the news recently. He just had another uh, car crash, which you know they they have the uh, you know uh, we can we can theorize that he's had some uh, chemical substance abuse issues. But uh, again, I think a lot of it had to do with and and that documentary does a really good job of kind of looking at this is what you know he was bred to do basically from the age of like, you know, uh, diapers, he had a golf club in his, in his hand. So yeah. What, what is it now that he, uh, is struggling with his identity? But yeah, uh, the other part when we talked about this before is, uh, Ikigai, the Japanese concept that basically is like 
do you have a, a purpose? Uh, and I'll read the exact language is uh, a reason for being basically. Yeah. And we talked about, um, yeah, that, that thing that drives you to get up out of bed. Um, you know, if you're not connected to that, uh, it, 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 it's just a more difficult life. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And if you have that flexibility and freedom, and, and again, there's that authenticity that eventually comes across and it's less salesy. So again, you guys could be doing stuff to make more money. Um, but it's saying, no, we're, we, we, we're connected with our purpose and saying, you know, we want to provide the best quality product and we're only going to focus on these four products right now. And if we do have a fifth product, it's going to be because it's connected with our values, our purpose mm -hmm. driven life as my dog is part of my purpose and she's playing with a squeaky ball in case anyone hears that um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i think coming back to your you know one percent and how to uh, you know improve that one percent i think um one thing i started looking at is how how do you go and and develop your purpose how do you go and you know what questions do you ask yourself and it's it's really interesting it's been a really interesting journey because and it goes outside of um the company too and for me in my athletic career right now it's like i'm i'm injured right now but uh it's about that whole if i what is my purpose now with sport and you know and crossfit and that kind of stuff and it's like i i mountain bike i live in squamish bc which is pretty much the beating heart of mountain biking um so i want to be as good a mountain biker as i as i can be with the body i have now you know and that, right. that kind of thing and it's given me that like i'm back i'm back training and i'm back getting out there as much as i you know, as I always did, because there's a bit of a lull, especially with, with the COVID lockdown kind of stuff. But a really interesting one for me is about family. It's like, what is, what is, they're having a, a, a young kid and also another kid on the way right now. It's like, Congrats. what is, what is our camera? Yeah, thank you. Like, <laughs> what is um, our, our family purpose? Right. You know, and it's something that me, my wife and I have actually been focusing on. And I think that, especially if you're a business owner, you have a, such a deep connection with your purpose for your company and what you're doing there. And you can neglect what you have at home. And right. there's this thing, you know, this thing of, of entrepreneurs, they say, yeah, I'm on my sixth company and my sixth wife. And I think that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why. Yeah. And it's yeah. like focus, you know, get into your family and go, what is our, what, what are we trying to do here? What are our beliefs that we have? Yeah. You know, is, is it the planet? Is it the environment or is it our athletics and, and keeping fit and healthy? Is it having fun or, you know, active lifestyle what is it what is our purpose and bringing that into the family life too that's a big a big thing that has given me this kind of peace inside recently about you know i, I love where my life is going right now kind of awesome thing. yeah it's amazing yeah. to hear uh, yeah I'll, I'll i'll add to that i guess there's a bunch of different avenues it's making me think of but uh one in again the the whatever you want to call it better coaching uh personal training fitness space the concept of asking the five whys. So if you say, I want to lose 20 pounds, okay, well, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Um, and then it goes to, okay, well, yeah, I want to look better on the beach in the summer. Um, well, okay, why is that? Oh, because I want to attract a better mate because I'm lonely. Um, okay, well, now we're getting down to it. Oh, because, and, you know, it can take you all the way to uh, this kind of psychology thing where there's blurred lines. And at some point it might be, oh, you do have like an eating disorder or you do have some trauma that you need to work through. And now we need to refer you to uh, a therapist that a psych psychotherapist that might be able to help you with that. But yeah, there's, there's a really interesting stuff there. Uh, there's also the other concepts of like Simon Sinek start with why. So, you know, uh, it's making sure, can you boil down why you're doing what you're doing again of having a, a uh, supplement company. Oh, cause it's the sexiest thing. Um, you know, but, or mm -hmm. is it, this is what's going to make us a million dollars. Um, or is it because, yeah, I like, again, for me being a, a physio and I've, I've shifted my business to an online model because of this, it gives me a lot more freedom to have these conversations in the traditional physical therapy model. Um, I, you know, I'm limited by insurance, by time, by writing notes on everything. And again, at the end of the day, if your knee pain is not getting better, uh, incrementally, there, then we're not, uh, so it has to be about dealing with that symptom. And it's just, is that knee pain getting better? Is that knee pain getting better? I don't have the freedom to even say, let's look at your hips. Let's look at your feet. Like these are the things that are going to, and it might take us three months to do it, but after three months, you're going to be so much better off than you were, would be if we just kept addressing your knee pain for three months. Uh, if we can really take a step back and connect to the fact, okay, you, you want to be able to mountain bike Rowan. So let's take these steps back. Let's assess you and let's figure out the roadmap map and let's make sure we're on the same page of why are we going where we're going are we do we both want to go the same way um because again the other analogy i always use is uh one of what my assessment is, is is i'm trying to give you a roadmap from to drive from los angeles to new york city now again you could do that by taking you know the the, the northern route you can go all the way up to 
visit Rowan in, in Vancouver and then go across Canada or, <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of ways you could do that. But it's uh, what do we want to get there the fastest way possible? Or do we want to get there the safest way possible? Or do we want to have an amazing experience along the way? Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of different ways to look at it. And again, those are things I like having those conversations about whenever I start working with someone. So um, uh, on any journey that they're going to go on and again, making sure it's the right journey of cool. I get that you want to be out of knee pain, but uh, you know, again, what do you want to do? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'm all for getting you I, I, any, any computer, any algorithm should be able to get you out of knee pain. But you know, it's, it's a question of uh, are we connected to that deeper mission? Can we keep checking in on, Hey, like you were able to squat down and play with your kid. Like that's a, that's a whole nother level of, uh, success and, 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 you know, building in, building on that journey of, of, you know, overall freedom in, in our movement and all that stuff. So awesome, man. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Um, and again, the Ikki guy that I brought up, uh, comes from the blue zones, or at least that's where it became a little bit more popular. I think, uh, blue zones being this big study and, and I call it a study. Again, we talked about research a little bit. It was much more of a, uh, casual study, if you will, uh, of, of, uh, again, not really peer reviewed, but again, a pretty extensive look, uh, and again, marketed pretty well, I would say as kind of like the China study, which is very popular, not really a study. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the blue zones looking at where people tend to live the longest and they explored a little bit of that again, a lot of cherry picking, uh, fr from some of that, but Ikigai, the concept of having a purpose, we talked about again, someone like Tiger Woods or, or somebody retiring, they start to play golf as their purpose. They get really into it, but eventually their their knee starts to hurt and they can't play as much golf. So, you know, do you have a concept that will keep driving you to live a more, you know, again, deep, deep, deep uh, statement of a, a more fulfilled life, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, I think we we started, we're starting to go down some philosophical rabbit holes here, <laughs> but that's great. I appreciate uh, that, that we can go there. And so, yeah, do you guys, uh, how do you feel on your journey on, of, as a company uh, of, of finding that purpose? Do you feel like you guys are kind of close? You have, you have everyone on board with that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's great. It's a created real alignment. I think that's the main thing, you know, we, in uh, the marketing that we do and things like that, and what us, even what our social media is, we, we're just about to kind of embark on a journey with our social media to say, why don't we make this about, rather than it just being about us, which is, you know, it's like promoting our products and who we are kind of thing, actually do align it with our purpose and say our social media should help people achieve their athletic ambition. So we should start putting out, you know, we we have the under, some understanding, some science with you guys are athletes uh, and coaches kind of thing. It's like we have ambassadors that are athletes and coaches. Why don't we just pull this together and get our, you know, like our, our heads together and say, what can we give to our, our customers and our potential customers or followers that are out there and actually help them on that journey? And that's that's what we're going to start to do. Literally right now we are you know, putting together infographics and videos and all that kind of stuff and, and reposting stuff as well because there's other people who have this same who who align with us in this journey this purpose that we have so what rather than just kind of put stuff out ourselves why don't we bring that in like you for example you you know you're you know one of the things that you have is um as your purpose uh, is aligning with that and thinking I need to get people back to their athletic best to help them on their journey and to help them achieve their athletic ambitions. And so, you know, we would take your content and go, great, Bo, you're putting out this fantastic content and it's helping people. It would be really valuable to anyone out there who's got knee pain and get them out of it so they can get back on track on, on their training. It's that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of given us even our marketing a lot more purpose in that sense. So I, Having a purpose, I think, is uh, as a company is just a great aligner. It brings everyone focused on that one thing. And one thing I've noticed in my staff too, we repeat it every Monday. We go, yeah. what is our purpose? Everyone repeats it again. What are our core values? That kind of stuff. Right. But you see that they start to live it. They start going, well, we're not going to do that because that's not helping anyone. Right. We're going to do this one. This this actually helps people. This doesn't. This is just talking about us. No, forget that. Let's yep. do this instead. So I think it's a real, it's, it's given that clarity. Uh, it helps me to manage the business as well because I simply ask that question. And, in, and instead of me asking that question in meetings, they ask themselves that question. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to be here anymore. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So, so it really helps with that too. But it's a great energizer, I think. I love it, man. I love it. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up where you're coming up on that magical hour. I uh, want to respect, be respectful of your time. So tell people 
where they can find you, more about what you guys are doing and, and the Blonix purpose. Absolutely. Uh, on social, we're everywhere. Blonix, B-L-O-N-Y-X. And uh, website is www.blonix.com. Awesome. And uh, go get a pair of shoes. Uh, the, the yeah, <laughs> Manolo. Definitely Manolo. not Manolo, Blonix.com. Very different no, company. Very different. <laughs> All right, will not help you with your athletic ambition. <laughs> it might. That there's some new training methodology of uh, high heels and and all that. Anyway, uh, actually, that funny. I, I I was just driving around and they had uh you know bar the bar method mm -hmm. uh, b a r r e. I think there was a stiletto bar, meaning they do the entire bar class in stilettos. So as a, as like again a selling thing of either feeling sexier or um there's some kind of benefit of doing it in different shoes of, of high heels or I don't know. Anywho, feel a sponsorship deal coming up. There you go. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to <laughs> reach out. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll, uh, end here. Uh, again, guys look up Rowan. Uh, if you want to try out their products again, highly recommend sticking to those four, uh, that they stand by and they do them better than almost anyone else out there. All right, guys get 1% better today. Talk to you next time. And Rowan, you can stay.